I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets, for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. 11 to 1. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. Hope you're keeping well this morning. You can get in touch with me about anything at all. WhatsApp and text lines are open. 086-1800-658. Let's kick off with AHA. Morning. Hope you're keeping well. There was a lot of uh, jeering and sniggering yesterday. Oh, there was. And people calling it the lovely girls competition. (laughs) But it has to be said... That the Rosa Tralee was some ad was some crack now last night. Everything from a really lovely message from Daniel O'Donnell to a lightsaber battle. Oh, you weren't expecting that. And uh, this moment, which um, was just brilliant. I'm going to play it for you now in a second. Dahi O'Shea, I mean, in fairness to him, he just seems up for the crack, doesn't he? You know, he seems up for a bit of a laugh. He's not embarrassed about getting himself into different situations. And I think he was taken off uh, off guard uh, maybe last night because um, Kildare Rose, Ashley Byrne, got him to uh, plunge, fair juice to him, plunge into an ice bath using the Wim Hof method. But everybody is talking about him and his uh, Paul Meskel moment that he had where uh, essentially he stripped off and he <laughs> he had a pair of O'Neill's shorts and, and football socks on. Here's a little taster of what went on last night. ...over everything. So, do you want me to get in? I think so, yeah. Do you want me to get in? <laughs> uh, lads, it's I very think- cold. You should probably take off your clothes, Dahi. Uh, hang on. Take off the shoes. I think so, yeah. The shoes. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. What about the pants? Yeah, you should probably. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's a serious element to this as well. Yeah, so okay. I definitely understand there's... 
<laughs> Calls from taking it off. Oh, listen, he's great crack. He really is. I have to say, you know, like whatever you might say about Rosa Chalee and people have their views on it. I mean, it was some crack last night and I just think Dahi is just up for the laugh. He's up for the laugh. He had the, the Paul Mescal O'Neill's on him and into the ice bath and fair juiced him. I don't, people are all into this now, aren't they? This Wim Hof method. It's, it's this breathing technique. I know that we did a feature on this in the show a while back. I couldn't do it really in terms of like the idea of just plunging into cold water does not you know appeal to me whatsoever and I know people say it's got all sorts of health benefits and it's really like good as well for you mentally no give me a nice I'll plunge into a nice warm bath with lots of bubbles and all that yes absolutely but not the ice bath I'll leave that to the likes of Dahi O'Shea uh, The Rose of Chile continues tonight on RTE and it is it's a bit of crack it is a bit of crack I, what else would you be watching? Sure what else would you be watching on a Monday evening? Uh, now very shortly It'll be straight down to business. We're going to be chatting to Bunny O'Reardon from Cork. He got in touch with us yesterday. He's from Middleton and he is travelling around the country on his son's motorbike and he's raising awareness of a suicide pre- prevention and bereavement. So his son, Keen was almost about to reach his 18th birthday when he uh, took his own life and um, Bunny had brought him, uh, bought him uh, a motorbike uh, as a surprise for his 18th birthday and um, sadly he never even got to see this motorbike. So it's a very kind of sad, poignant journey but Bunny is doing it, you know, with, with hope and uh, with positivity and he's going to be coming into Navin later on today. He's visiting every single county in Ireland spreading this message and I'm also going to be chatting to him about the Middleton Hub community centre that he set up there in his local area that are providing support to people in the area who have lost loved ones from suicide and there's a big fundraising campaign around all of that. We're going to be joining him very, very shortly but first it's back to the music. George Ezra, Budapest and LMFM's 11 to 1. From Budapest to Town because today is day one at Town races and a full race card is starting from 4.40pm today and the last race is at 7.45pm. So Town races are running a shuttle bus service, which is very handy, from the Abbey Car Park in Drogheda to the race course that's departing one hour sharp before the start of the first race. For tickets and updates, you can find out more information, bellystownraces.ie and they're all over Facebook, Instagram and Twitter as well. So day one, Bellystown races, as I say, the first race card there starting from 4.40pm. So it's happening a little bit later on. Now back to the present moment and we're going to be chatting to Bunny O'Reardon. He is from Cork and as I mentioned earlier on, he's driving his son Keen's motorbike around every county of Ireland to raise funds and awareness of uh, suicide bereavement and for support and prevention. We're going to catch up with Bunny. He's going to be en route to the Royal County later on on today we're going to chat to Bunny after these 11 to 1 On the 1st of August this year, my first guest left his home in Cork to embark on a special journey, spending one day in each of the 32 counties of Ireland, driving his son, Kean's motorbike. Now, this journey, uh, or run really, is a poignant one as Kean was lost to suicide only a few months before his 18th birthday. His dad is now travelling around the country on the motorbike that was due to be a present for Kean to raise awareness of suicide bereavement support and prevention and to inspire others to set up similar support in their local communities. I'm joined on the line now by Bunny O'Reardon. He's making his way to Navin in County Mead later on today. How are you doing, Bunny? 
Hi, it's Sinead with Ungood Pretty Good now. Thank you very much. Great to have you on the show and thank you so much for, for reaching out to us with your story. You, you set off on a very difficult journey earlier this month. Tell me about the journey so far. You visited quite a few counties around the country at this stage. We have. We're, as I say, we're, on, we're literally on the home straight now. We are, I think, <laughs> every day has gone from uh, one week to another. We haven't actually, I don't know where I am. I'm lost with days and places. <laughs> But it's been just an amazing journey of integrating with people in every county as we've gone along. Um, We've touched, I suppose, we've been touched very much by the stories of other people that we've met along the way and people have come up and shared with us their own experiences about the tragedy of suicide. Um, Why we set off originally was we, myself and another group, uh, set up uh, the Middleton Hub, obviously in East Cork, um, maybe to help others and support others in the direct, um, I suppose, aftermath of suicide bereavement. How we came about um, that I'm riding Kean's bike is after a number of years, I had the bike actually stored inside my own apartment and I wanted to do something with it and I wanted to do something that was something of value. So um, I got my family and friends around me and I asked them what they embark on the project of restoring the bike. So we did that over a year. And uh, we completed that project three years ago and found that we had something that maybe we could offer to our community as a support level. So that's what we began working on. And it grew organically from there. And now we have um, a facility in Middleton, but we need to expand and complete some work inside and that, that we can help other people. Now, yeah, that's yeah. an ongoing process, which I'm going to circle back to that in a, in a second, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, t- tell me about your, your son, Keen. You know, as you mentioned there, he was about to turn 18 before he died. When did he die? He died in November of 09. Mm-hmm. Um, Keen was a great character. He, um, I suppose he, he was a good sportsman. He played a lot of soccer. Um and he'd have been disgusted last night with Liverpool losing, you know. He's <laughs> yeah. an avid follower of Liverpool. And he had tremendous talents, you know, and he was just he was just a wonderful guy. Um, and, and this bike, you know, you had it as a surprise. This was something that was going to be for his 18th birthday. Yeah. Uh, tragically, he, he never got to, to see that. But I just love this idea that you've decided to, you restored it, you, do, you took it back out again. I mean, has this journey on the bike, has this helped you with your own grieving process, Bunny? I suppose every element of it has actually helped in my own grieving process. You know, there's been... No stone left unturned, and you know every every part of what we've done, we've done myself and family and friends. We've really put a lot of love and a lot of care into the bike. So, you know, I question myself on that as we're going around, and and it's just a different element in mm. that, that's involved in the grieving process, you know. But it's extremely worthwhile and it's been amazing. And and the the you as you said there you know you're 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 going around to spread the the awareness and create awareness among people. You're hearing stories. You're very much hoping to that these and communities will be inspired to set up supports like you guys have. So you took it upon yourself with another group to set up the Middleton Hub in uh, your area there in Cork. There was a great need for the service. Tell me a little bit more about the service and and what you do there. I suppose our greatest emphasis was on about mental health and well being. Mm. And I suppose there was a lot of services I found were not available to me throughout the, you know, in the aftermath of Keynes that. And we really, as a group, we decided to see what we could do maybe to support others along the way. 
Now, it, it was predominantly on suicide, but we don't refuse any any person that's interested or needs support in the community is very welcome inside. We have an open-door policy, so nobody has to film any paperwork of any description. Mm-hmm. And it's just very safe, and we created a safe environment for everybody, you know. Everybody is welcome, and, and the environment is extremely safe. And when I talk about safe, I talk about mentally, emotionally, yeah. and physically down there, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I've seen the, the work that you, I've, I've seen the, the videos in terms of this Sponsor a Brick campaign. This is uh, hoping to raise a lot of money. You are planning to expand that service there and kind of revamp the centre, really. Correct. And, and we're kind of caught for a lot of different aspects that, that we were caught financially on this time. And we need that. We need a capital injection to kind of help us move forward. And again, it's all about supporting our own community. But equally, it's about maybe being available to other communities who wish to do the same. And we will absolutely make ourselves available to everybody as well, you know, in that area. And and as you say, you know, this is uh, part of the reason of travelling around to kind of get people on board with this idea of, of creating more awareness of it, of talking openly about it as well, which is something we don't necessarily do that much in this country. And like that, reaching out and supporting people. What are you hoping that people will take away from what you're doing, Bunny? Well, I suppose there's an openness as well. We, we have an openness here about suicide. We have an openness maybe about embracing the pain that has been left behind as well. You know, and I think it's a big factor. You know, a lot of people, and there's a lot of agencies involved in interventions, but for the people left behind, there's actually very few agencies available mm. uh, down south, you know, and maybe that's what we're hoping, that we can we can create this um, facility that can support the people that are left behind. And you're coming into Navin, into the Royal County later on today. Uh, whereabouts will you be? How can people get in touch with you? Are you hoping people will just kind of come up to you if they see you? Absolutely. We hope to be in Navin for 4pm. Mm-hmm. We're in, in Navin at the Core Ireland Centre. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, so once we're in there, we should have a gazebo set up in that vicinity. Right? And we would love to hear from anybody that wants to talk with you. So welcome all that support. I think what you're doing is fantastic. I, I have no doubt that Keen would be proud of what you're doing in, in his memory. Uh, I wish you the best of luck with the rest of the journey and safe travels with it. And thank you so much, Bunny, for joining me today. Thank you, Sinead. Thanks a million. What a lovely way to honour his son's memory. He's going to be in the Core Ireland Centre in Navin today from 4pm. You can find out more information, by the way, on uh, what the Middleton Hub do on their website, themiddletonhub.com. OK, you'll find all the details there. You can sponsor a brick. You can find out what the services offer. You can donate whatever you'd like to do there. You can find the details there in themiddletonhub.com. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not Cause the drinks bring back all the memories Of everything we've been through Toast to the ones here today Toast to the ones that we lost on the way Cause the drinks bring back all the memories And the memories bring back memories Bring back your There's a time that I remember When I did not know no pain When I believed in forever And everything would stay the same now my heart feel like December When somebody say your day Cause I can't reach out to call you But I know I will one day yeah. 
LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, I have a great competition all this week. I have teamed up with the Visit Morn and I want to give you the chance to win a two-night stay at the Sleeve Donard Hotel in Newcastle, County Down. All of the details of that competition coming your way after these. 11 to 1 with Gil. It's competition time on 11 to 1 in only a matter of weeks. Food and music fans can look forward to a weekend of fabulous eats and beats at Visit Morn's newest Joint Adventures Festival. Set against the stunning backdrop of the Morn Mountains, Newcastle and County Down will host Eats and Beats Festival on Saturday the 3rd and Sunday the 4th of September. Providing the best in local and international food, you can enjoy a delicious fare at the homegrown and world food villages. There's over 60 food and drink outlets on offer throughout the weekend's festivities. As, and as if that isn't enough, you can dance your way around three music stages which will offer over 40 free performances and fringe events. To celebrate all of this, I've teamed up with Visit More and they've given me a fabulous prize of a two-night stay at the Sleeve Donard Hotel in Newcastle. So you get bed and breakfast plus vouchers for two people. For short cross gin from the Radamond Distillery, the Whitewater um, uh, Brewing Company and Neary Nog's Chocolate. So it is a fantastic prize. We're picking a finalist each day with the overall winner announced on Friday. So we're talking about beats and it got me thinking of iconic drum beats from songs so I'm going to play you an iconic drum beat from a very well known song you have to tell me the name of the song and the artist okay from my little snippet here and you get your answers into 086 1800 658 so here's today's iconic beat what song is this from and name the artist (laughs) 
Oh yeah, it's nearly giving it to you there at the end. Very easy. Iconic drum beat. What is it? What song is it? What's the artist? 086-1800-658. Visit Morn, by the way, is encouraging everyone to make a break of it and explore what the destination has to offer. Full festival lineup and further information on where to stay. You can find it all. Visit mornmountains.co.uk. They're also on social media at Visit Morn. Get your answers in to me. Uh, we had a finalist yesterday, Kieran Lidster. Uh, he got the, uh, the, the he got our, our beat yesterday, which was Stevie Wonder's Superstition. What's the beat today? 086-1800-658. There's the cores. Love to love you on LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, the town of Athboy is buzzing this morning as a TV crew has arrived in the area to start shooting an exciting new online soap opera series. It's called The Small Town. And like most soaps, it'll explore, you know, the affairs, the feuds. However, unlike most soaps, there's a bit of magic in the air because between the love triangles and tragedies, the characters can suddenly become invisible or rise from the dead. Yeah, absolutely. The series has come from the mind of a talented writer, Kevin McGee, who as well as writing critically acclaimed plays for theatre, he writes regularly for Ireland's longest running soap, Fair City, and has contributed to drama series Psycho and Channel 4 and Raw for RTE. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by writer Kevin McGee and of course, a man that needs no introduction from me, so well known around these uh, area, comedian Joe Rooney, who's going to be starring in this. How are you both doing this morning, guys? Hi, Sinead. Thanks for having us. How are you getting on? Uh, Kevin, going to start with yourself, first of all. Uh, now, look, I'm not much of a soap opera fan, but let me tell you, a soap where the characters become suddenly invisible or come back from the dead has me hooked in. Tell me, where did the idea for this come from? <laughs> it's interesting, I think. I was um, Soap is all about being realistic, you know. It's kitchen sink, a lot of people chatting this. The occasional big explosion, but mostly it's just normal life. And that's a bit limiting. I was looking at the Ducas.ie website, and they have a fantastic thing there. They have a folklore collection that includes lots of stories from school kids in the 30s. And uh, there are lots of, you know, they'll say, here's the sh- this is the shop where the bull got loose, and <laughs> this is the field where the fairies have their dances. And they'd say these things in exactly the same tone, as if they're just as real as each other. And that's kind of where the idea came from. What if that, that's something we've lost in Ireland, but what if we hadn't lost it? I love it. Things like that. This kind of magical element. Now, I'm a huge fan of the zombie genre. I love kind of new twists and takes on a zombie genre. Uh, Are they just kind of coming back to life as if they were never dead? Or is it like they're running after people wanting to eat their flesh? (laughs) I'm... (laughs) Uh, I think Joe Rooney has the look of a man who's eaten a fair bit of human flesh in his time. So, so sometimes these things write themselves. You know. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, uh, Joe, I'm going to bring you in in a second. But, uh, you know, you, Kevin, you've been writing uh, for Fair City on and off for quite a few years. So you're kind of used to the soap opera format. Uh, but normally you're going to, you know, you'd be part of a team of writers, you know. So has this process been very, very different then? Yes, it's it's very different. In some ways, it's exciting in that on Fair City, I'm writing stories that other writers, uh, I, I'm doing the episodes, but other writers have written the stories. You know, yes. this one, I get to write all the stories myself. But that's also the slightly scary thing because the story writers in Fair City are really, really good. And uh, you always have, when you're working with a big team like Fair City, it's like there's always someone else in the room to tell you when you're going wrong. And this time, 
Uh, luckily, I have a director who's also a very good script editor, so I hope I hope I haven't made too many horror, horrible mistakes. <laughs> yes, but, uh, the, the lovely column section, which I had the pleasure of meeting very, uh, very recently at the Boyne Valley International Film Festival there. He's taken on this, uh, you know, he's directing this. So is it like, you know, you have to kind of leave your baby to him now and let him work his magic or are you allowed to be on set and contribute? Oh, I'm allowed, but I'm kind of saying, oh, please take the baby away and never let me see it again. That's my, that's my kind of a, a attitude to parenting a script. No, you, basically, once you have a director you trust, that's it. It's, it's his, he's there because his eye is better than mine, you know. And so I just let him let him Let him ba- lash away. Absolutely. So give us an idea of the storyline there. Uh, we, we briefly outlined it. This is very much aspects of small town Ireland with a touch of magic. Is that really it in a nutshell? Yeah. That's that's exactly it. It's like ninety percent normal soap opera. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and ten percent you'll go, "Hang on, did someone just change the channel? What the hell is going on?" <laughs> that's what we're aiming at. That kind of mix. So, um, like Joe's character is kind of a a faded playboy, and it this first episode opens the morning after he's just cheated on his Ooh. girlfriend. So we're straight into that kind of uh, love triangle kind of thing. But also during the first few episodes is when some of the characters start noticing that they're being filmed. And that's the first hint that this is not going to be oh, like... Oh, I love it. Opera. I love it. We're going to be breaking fourth walls all over the place, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Let's bring Joe in here. Joe, I mean, I can see you absolutely as a bit of a former playboy. I can... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Tell me what attracted you to this. Was it was it working with Colm again, or was it the role, or was it a combination of all of it? Yeah, it's a bit of that. Like Colm, obviously, I worked with on a short film called Dead Dogs that I wrote, and uh, he wanted to shoot this as a multi-camera setup as well, so that you you uh, do it and then it's, it's shot from lots of different angles at one time, which is a brilliant idea. And uh, and uh, the script is brilliant, and the character is very different to anything maybe I've done. Like, nothing like Father Damo, nothing like Timmy no. uh, from Killing a Scully. He was an absolute <laughs> idiot. Uh, but, well, I mean, Nicholas might be a bit of an idiot, but he's, he's, an, he's an intelligent enough idiot, yeah. So. Okay, so you play Nicholas. He's a bit of this kind of former playboy. It kind of starts off, as Kevin said to us there, uh, straight with you. So you're going to be shooting scenes now this morning. Can you give us any kind of inside scoop as to what you're going to be shooting in that boy today? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, at the beginning, uh, Nicholas has, uh, has cheated her, you know, uh, but then it is kind of uh, giving uh, girl, it, 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 the girl he's cheated with, he's kind of brushing her off as if nothing happened as well. So he's a bit of a chanter as well, uh, as then he, he explains that, uh, open, you know, he's kind of wants an open relationship, all this kind of crack. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's a bit of a cad then. He's a bit of a cad, Joe. He's a bit of a silver-tongued cad <laughs> devil, yeah. And uh, and then he seems to notice the camera, which is a really odd thing. It's very subtle. It's just in conversation, he's kind of going, "What's that looking at me there?" <laughs> so he's, he, and then and then later on, he kind of he excuses that as if it's something he's gone a bit mad. Or but uh, so you know, it's, a, it's a subtle enough, like you know, he just kind yeah. Of What's going on there? There's somebody looking at us. I love it. And like you're used to this kind of, you know, as you mentioned, Killing the Scully, you're used to this kind of small town Ireland aspect of of the script. Is there much kind of, of, or what sort of small town elements are creeping in there that you've loved? 
Yeah, but it's a small town aspect. It's a bit more modern than Kilner Scully. It's a bit more <laughs> up to date. <laughs> 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 um, that's what I like about it as well. Yeah, it's a bit uh, more kind of up to date and modern. This whole kind of uh, um, although I mean my character is obviously my age and yeah. everything, but he's still a little bit more. Uh, he's not going to mass every Sunday. No. I mean? and, uh, <laughs> he's really not. He's having affairs. He's cheating. He's doing all sorts of stuff. Uh, but but tell us a little bit as well about the rest of the cast that you're you're acting opposite. Yeah, well, I haven't even met, uh, you know, I mean, I hadn't met them till today because I was over in Edinburgh doing the festival. Oh, is right, which went really well, I presume, for you. Ah, uh, yeah, it was brilliant. Like, uh, we, I did one week and... Uh, we uh, did uh, a show called, I did a show called uh, Celebration of Violet Head, and I got brilliant audiences, great reaction, and it was fantastic. It was kind of an interactive show with uh, all sorts of audience participation, video and slides and music and everything, so it was brilliant. And uh, I only got back last night, and my flight was uh, delayed, so I got in at about 2 a.m. Oh, and you're straight back into the thick straight. of it, uh, doing something very different now with this in, in At the Boy, which is exciting for you. I'm going to bring Kevin back into this now for a second. Kevin, the the episodes, how many episodes are we talking, and when can we see this? I know it's only in the shooting stages. Yeah, we we work fast, so hopefully we'll have some news about where to see it in a couple of months. We're shooting four episodes to start with, but the aim is, if it works and someone wants to fund us to do it, that will just become a regular thing, that we'll go Amazing. up once or twice a week. You know, Fair City's been there 32 years, so I think that'd be something to aspire to. Yes, it's time for the new kid on the block. It's the new way, it's the new soap, it's called yeah. The Small Town. I love it. And uh, as you say there, we have to wait a couple of uh, a couple of months and uh, all is happening now. It's in, in the safe, capable hands of Colm. And I'm loving the fact that they've picked At The Boy. Was that something that Colm came up with or was there, had you a town in mind when you were thinking of this? I, well, I grew up in Nina, so that's the kind of oh. small town I, I have in mind. Yeah. But um, Colin, Colin lived and worked in Ask Boy for a while. He used to play music here. And he brought me down to look at locations and instantly we went, were in the, like we're shooting in the Waxy Stargill, Journey uh, Club and Fagans. And they're just brilliant. They look fantastic. You know, you don't, we don't have money to build sets, so you need places that look real and look good. So we're there. Joe, Joe's shop, he's a, he runs a shop and that'll be, uh, you know, Murphy's Furniture and Gift Shop. And it's just, again, a, an interesting place to shoot. And uh, and it's a kind of a beautiful looking town as well. It's a so gorgeous for, for town. Outdoor stuff, you know. Yeah, it really is. a lot is. of walking around and, um, and it's lovely. And, and people, I, I think a long time ago, having a film crew invade your town would have been kind of a big deal. But people are more, people in that boy anyway seem to know what's going on. We were hanging up a uh, blackout curtain outside um, outside the Waxy's Dargo window today and someone instantly passing by said, oh, what are you filming? Oh. There's no ca- You know, <laughs> they, no- people, people know what's what. So they know what's hopefully what. Hopefully we'll, we'll end up getting a lot of Asboy people involved. Oh, you know? fantastic. And people really, I think, really embraced something going on after a couple of years with not much happening, you know. It's great to so, see it. It really yeah. is. It really is brilliant to see it. Well, I wish you we'll both be the best of luck with this. We'll hotel tonight if anyone wants to come in and drop in a CV or a headshot or something. Oh, whereabouts are you? Sorry, say that to me again. You know the the Lawrence Hotel. Yes. Yeah, Liz O'Driscoll's putting a bunch of us up tonight, so I'm sure that the the, uh, the bar will see some very gentle soda water. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Listen, I wish you the best of luck with this. Thank you both so so much for joining me today.
Lovely to talk to you tonight. Thanks, Thanks a million. Thanks a lot. Thanks a million. Comedian Joe Rooney there, writer Kevin McGee. It's all happening in At The Boy today. If you're there, check it out. It might pop up in the background of the small town coming to us online very, very soon. 11 to 1. I have to say, I'm very intrigued about this online soap. I'm, I, that's a soap I can get behind. You know, a little bit of magic mixed in with the everyday. It's great to see all this happening, you know, creativity happening in the town as well uh, for the people of Athboy. So if you're there and you fancy popping up in the background or maybe you just have always wanted to act, they're going to be there in the Lawrence Hotel uh, you know, and uh, give, send in your headshot to them and you might you might just pop up there in the background. Absolutely brilliant. Now, we are going back in time and back on this day to 1996 today. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy-efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 On this day in 1996, Osama bin Laden issues a message entitled A Declaration of War Against the American Americans occupying the land of the two holy places. And today is Sponge Cake Day. Soft, fluffy, utterly decadent. There's something undeniably amazing about a well-made sponge cake. Now, whilst its soft and delicate texture has been attributed to the Victorians, in fact, the sponge cake finds its root in Italy. Sometime in the early 18th century, a respected and wealthy member of the Palavinci family, uh, they commissioned a cake that was as light and delicate as sea foam. So there you go. It's Sponge Cake Day today. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda and Dundalk showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Do keep all your answers coming in on 086-1800-658 for our competition to win that two-night stay at the Sleeve Donard Hotel in Newcastle. County Down. It's all to celebrate the Eats and Beats Festival, which is happening the 3rd and 4th of September. Did you miss my iconic beat earlier on? Here it is again. Name the song and the artist, please. Very easy. 086-1800-658. And we pick a winner to, or pick another finalist towards the end of the show. Now, uh, we're approaching 12 news. And after that, have you got a little one starting school for the first time? Well, help is at hand because our parenting expert, Laura Erskine, has lots of advice. 11 to 1. There, Dermot Kennedy outnumbered on LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. You can get in touch on 086 1800 658. Now, I have to tell you about this and I'm delighted for this guy. He's a Drogheda musician, very well known around these areas. His name is Sean Matthews and I would have had him on the show quite a number of times. And he, on a Saturday night, will have the premiere of a documentary film called Welcome to Ballsgrove. It's going to be happening on a Saturday night in the Drogheda Arts Centre at 8pm and uh, really this is a love letter to Ballsgrove and I know he had an album uh, launch of the or he has an album launch of the same name as well he's a fantastic song uh, the title of the album Welcome to Ballsgrove as well and uh, it's really kind of I suppose you would describe him as really being urban folk. He writes about kind of, you know, his own environment, his, you know, formative years growing up, that kind of thing. And it's all sort of through the folk music sort of lens. Um, And it's a... 
Fantastic. It really is brilliant, this documentary. And it's uh, this is accompanying the album launch that's going to happen on Saturday in the Drihid Arts Centre. And I know Sean was on with Claire Regan on Clark Smitherini on Sunday chatting more about it. Um, but he has this documentary and uh, he uh, interviewed people that grew up, well-known faces actually that people would know, who grew up in Ballsgrove and it's all about them kind of chatting about their childhood growing up and the area and their home life. So as I say, the album and documentary are going to be launched um, followed by a performance by Sean on Saturday night at 8pm 8, 8 in the Drihid Arts Centre. Tickets are flying it. They're flying out the door. Uh, but if you get head over to drihid.com, there might be a few more left. I'm trying to track down the trailer of this so I can show it for you. So I'll nab that while the celebrity news of the buzz is on. The buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Louise. 3,000 years of longing hit cinemas next week. Idris Elba plays a genie who offers a woman three wishes in exchange for his freedom. The actor says it was a thrilling role to play. Figuring out what would he sound like, what would that be? And that was part of the discovery, you know? I mean, it was super satisfying for us to sit there and start to understand the language that we actually created. <laughs> Love Island's Laura Whitmore has announced she won't host the next series due to the format changes and scheduling issues. The 37-year-old who's married to the show's narrator, Ian Sterling, says fans will be in safe hands. She's presented the series since the death of former host and close friend Caroline Flack in 2020. Fans of The Inbetweeners have been left gobsmacked after learning that actor Henry Lloyd Hughes, who plays schoolboy bully Donovan in the show, doesn't actually sound like he might rip your head head off in real life. He's rather softly spoken as was demonstrated in a recent TikTok video that showed the star being interviewed on the Inbetweener set way back. Here's Henry as Donovan followed by his real voice. You're disrespecting me. No, it's just that you, you did it right in front of us. I'm going to give you a chance to apologise for that. Right, yeah, no, sorry, but, but what? Nothing. And? Thank you for the puff. King up in Charing Cross with a saline drip in my arm. <laughs> <laughs> Completely true. But don't put that on the DVD. <laughs> no, well, you can. Just you have to pixel out my face. That's The Buzz. I'm Louise. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. OK, I have tracked down the, the trailer for this. I highly recommend people watch this, by the way. It's on seanmatthews.com. You'll find it there because it is quite visual. But I'll give you a little sense of it. Here's the trailer for Sean's documentary film, Welcome to Ballsgrove. They get a lovely warm feeling as soon as they drive in by the shops and stuff and take you home. Nobody had any more than anybody else, you know. Everybody had the same level of nuttingness. <laughs> and we were happy with that, you know. Look at our new house. And we've another one upstairs. Yeah, that's what's great. That's great. It's great having a laugh. You can't be serious all the time. You have to let your hair down. It looks great. It really does look great. As I say, a love letter to Ballsgrove, to the area where he's from and some beautiful music afterwards, the launch, and he's going to perform and the whole lot. So it's happening Saturday, Drihid Arts Centre at 8pm. There's Tiffany. I think we're alone now on LMFM's 11 to 1. The first day of school 
It is approaching. I know, I know. It's back to school next week. And the first day is a huge milestone for little ones and, of course, parents as well. But how can we be prepared? How can we avoid stress? How can we avoid tears, maybe, on the first day? Well, our parenting expert is back with us, Laura Erskine. She's lots of advice for parents of kids who have the first day of school coming up. She's going to join us after these. 11 to 1. Yes, the first day of school is a huge milestone in a child's life. There's nerves, there's excitement, it's a big deal and as parents we want to prepare our little ones as best as we can for the big day. As there's roughly a week or so left of the summer holidays, what can we be doing now to ensure that the first day of school goes smoothly and that the kids are prepared? Our parenting expert Laura Erskine is on the line with me with lots of advice. How are you doing Laura? Hello, good afternoon. Great to have you back with us. Now, it's a big moment uh, in a child's life and a parent's life as well, but there can be a lot of anxiety around this. So what are the main sort of anxieties that kids might have about the first day of school? Because, you know, not every not every child is excited about it. No, um, and the thing is, is that as parents, we can we can tend to actually make our, our children anxious by overhyping it. Oh, yeah. So for all those parents who've been talking up this momentous big day and how exciting it's going to be, I would try and ease back on that over the next 10 days or so. Because really what you're doing here is, if you can think of Christmas and how much mm. we hype up Christmas... The excitement builds and builds and builds and your child actually might be overwhelmed on that first day. Um, so by over-talking it and over-hyping it, um, it's, it's not actually helpful. What is better for parents to do is to talk about it in a casual way, involve it in general conversation and do lots and lots of make-believe and imaginative play whereby you're modelling what the day is going to look like. So this allows your child to sort of process in their brain how a school day might feel, um, what emotions they might feel, and, and it allows you as a parent to help prepare them practically for some of the obstacles and challenges that they may face. So when you think about um, getting ready for school in the morning, getting dressed, some of them might have a uniform, um, and and actually just asking your child, you know, whether they would, what they would like to maybe have for breakfast on school mornings and agree that with them, maybe do up a chart about how we're going to get dressed first, how then we're going to have breakfast together, and then who is going to take them. So what is the routine going to be for going to school? Is it mom or is it dad who's going to take them or is it granny or is it a child minder so that they know what to expect and then doing a little drive by or a little walk to the school and showing them where they're going to be going and talk about it in a very casual uh, but but optimistic way about how school is going to be exciting and then preparing them in terms of of their little school bag now if you're starting school you're not going to have a whole heap of books no. to be putting in there a lot of that will be provided by the school but it might be nice to let them choose their school bag maybe their lunch bag and possibly a pencil case um, and that's something that that the children can get involved in and that they can look forward to and then it's important for them to know how to do basic things like opening the lunch bag and the yes. lunch box and the drinks bottle because they, some of them can be tricky so doing that with teddy bears and sort of having a little class day in your playroom whereby maybe mom is teacher and the students there and talk about how the day is going to start they're all going to sit in little groups and what the teacher's name might be you might role model that as mom and um, and then actually talking to them about maybe what 
what's going to happen in the school day. So what is that there maybe a bell might ring to signify the start of the school day, that another bell might ring to signify little break and that maybe they might eat just something small like the fruit from their lunchbox and actually model doing that and then cut the sandwiches and have them in the lunchbox and say, oh, it's lunchtime now, we're going to do that and doing like a little bit of art and colouring in in the meantime so that they actually have a sense of what a school day might be because some children, while they have some experience of what it's like to be in Montessori, mm. it's probably a little bit um, more relaxed in the Montessori environment. Whereas in school, everybody perhaps is going to be wearing the same pinafore or the same uniform. And it's going to feel a little bit more structured. But there's also going to be a lot of older children around. Whereas Montessori, if you were in a crash environment, you would have been the oldest kids there. But in school, there's going to be a lot of older children in the playground. Yes, and things like, halls. you know, sitting, like, sitting down. Down, you know, for a long, longer period, like not maybe just kind of getting up haphazardly out of the seat. That was something that was a big hurdle kind of in our house as well, even though the teacher, my son's teacher was very relaxed. But there, there is that element of, you know, you need to sit down now in your seat and maybe raise your hand if you want to talk, all that sort of thing, isn't it? Exactly. So talking all of that through and doing that through imaginative creative play together where you're role modelling it with a bunch of action figures or teddy bears and they're all the students in the classroom it allows you to go through that and so when that happens in the classroom your child isn't upset by it or put out by it or or unsure Um, and all of those things help now of course the first day is going to be a big one so with COVID times we you know a lot of parents weren't allowed to go into the classroom which that that's something that parents would have enjoyed doing mm. bringing their child all the way in settling them down at their desk seeing who they're sitting beside so uh, and I know that we still have COVID on the go now it's not as big a concern as it was a couple of years ago but um, a lot of schools have decided to continue with this idea of the children lining up in the yard and the parents saying goodbye to them there and I think it's because they've teachers have found it a lot easier to get yeah. the children settled in yeah. the classroom. You see, because you have mum and dad who, with the best will in the world, can often make things a bit more dramatic because, uh, look at Laura, I have, I've said this numerous times, I have an overactive tear duct, so I just get upset, <laughs> like I cry at moments like this. So if my child sees me like this, it's not going to be a good scenario, you know what I mean? That's exactly it. And there can be long goodbyes yeah. and hugs and, and actually you're creating more emotion than, than anything. So, so it's, some, it's a better idea to give them a quick goodbye and maybe have a little secret handshake or a high five. I love some that. Some parents yeah. like to, to draw a little love heart on maybe on the inside of their hand. Um, and so when they do that high five, it's like a little kiss. And then if, they're, if, they're, if they're, um, their child feels anxious through the day, if they just squeeze their hand into a fist, their mom that's them squeezing their mom's heart and their mom will, will, will send them a virtual hug and that's a kind of a nice way for the child to feel close to the parent sometimes you like to have maybe a little stone in their pocket or a little tiny cuddly that they can put into like a keychain type cuddly that they can put into their pocket of their school tracksuit or uniform and something small like that yeah. can really make a child feel at ease and um, knowing that there's something from home or something from mom with them and then talk about what you're going to do after the school day how exciting it's going to be that you're maybe going to go for a coffee and a cupcake um, and spend some time together and then you know after the first day of school sometimes children think right 
That's done. That's it's fast, like Christmas yeah. Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've done that. Tick the box. We've, we've managed to get through it. Um, but, but there's a whole... It, it's happening every day yeah. for the next... <laughs> That's always uh, a bit of a bombshell moment, of yeah. School and many more. <laughs> um, so working with your child to explain that actually school happens all of the time, but that there's school holidays, there's yes. weekends. Doing up a calendar in the kitchen where you're talking, marking out birthdays, marking out the midterm birthdays the summer holidays uh, so that the child can see the whole year spread out and have lots of things to look forward to um, and it's always nice for the mums also in that first week of school when you're hanging around the school gate if you haven't got work to rush off to and lots of parents do tend to take a day or two off around those first that first week of school to maybe have the time to go for coffee with another parent from the, from oh, the school Laura, while I your child is in Yeah I can't stress that enough do you know what it is people that I I have met through my sons like that through the school through the after school through his Gaelic uh, they have been a real lifeline and I'm making friends through my son's friends which is fantastic that's what it's all about I'm so delighted you brought that up actually yeah and it's something where you know you might be a little bit emotional it can be nice to share that with another person but like you say in all in all likelihood they're going to be living close by yeah. they may be in your child's class Sometimes it's helpful to be able to have another mum to call on for drop-off and pick-ups if there was an emergency. And, and making those friends, allowing your child to then, you know, go on play dates. Suddenly you've now made a connection with another person. Birthday parties will start happening soon. And it just makes life easier for you and your child as you transition into this new phase of their lives. Yeah, it really does. It's such a good one to bring up. Now, just before we let you go, because this is so important and I think this is for all children going to school, not just the ones starting school. Bedtime and morning routine. How can we start to implement the good bedtime routine? Because the bedtime routine is off the Richter scale in terms of how lenient we are at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's bananas in this house. Um, I have a 13-year-old starting secondary school. Oh, best of Um, luck. I know. And he starts next week and his school day starts at 20 past eight. Oh, right. have to get him to the school for that. Uh, And this child has been used to going to bed at at 11 o'clock at night. So I I hear you. I have another 11-year-old who who will be starting school at 8.40. And my three-and-a-half-year-old, Poppy, is starting Montessori. Oh, my goodness. All the milestones happening. (laughs) Stressful mom and dad. I know. This is it. And Poppy, the youngest, has been going to bed at the same time as the oldest. Of course. Because it's been... It's been mayhem over the school holidays and and lots of our rules have drifted and become more relaxed. Um, And so, and with the bright evenings, it's really hard hard. to get them to bed early. So the the best thing to do is to start slowly pairing it back from now, from tonight. Okay. 15 minutes every night over the next few nights. Um, bringing it back and talk about you know agreeing with your child it'll make things easier and yeah. also getting them up at that time as well so if you've got my teenager has been lying in till 11 or oh, 12 yeah. one of them so as well his whole body clock needs to be reset <laughs> So that means waking them up. They need to get up, but they need to reset and they need this week to be able to do that. So yeah. by doing it gradually, by 15 minutes a day, both at night and in the morning, bringing back 
the, the bedtime and waking them up earlier, um, it, it's going to help the transition. Uh, and also, of course, talking about what the rules will be around screen time. Oh, yeah. And, um, when oh, that's another, that's, that's another yeah. battle. I mean, we're facing yeah. bedtime battles, screen battles. I completely understand. <laughs> I hear you. Well, Laura, listen, best of luck to, the, to everybody starting the new school year in your, in your household. Thank you so, so much for joining me today and taking time out of your schedule because I know you're working around children. Thank you so much for all that great You're advice. most welcome. I'll give you one parting gift. Yes. Tell your youngest child starting school where you have labelled their school jumper oh my and their God, school yes. jacket. Where the label is, go and look for it. <laughs> because you can be sure there'll be a lot of lost jumpers in those first oh, few days as they fling them off with these lovely warm summer autumnal days and uh, and my goodness we can, we can ill afford to be going off and oh, replacing those jumpers so soon into the school year so show them why, where you've, you've labelled their jumper and make sure they can recognise their own name Absolutely brilliant Laura thank you as always for joining us You're welcome Thanks a million Bye 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 Laura Erskine there Great advice Oh yeah the jumper flinging it off and I brought such and such this jumper home and God only knows where his is Oh nightmare I found two jumpers in his bag one of the days It all happens Label everything Label their heads if you have to uh, with the school things Uh, But there you go Laura Erskine and if there is a little one in your house starting their first day of school best of luck to everybody and hope it all goes well for you 11 to 1 you too, sweetest thing. Now it's time for the job search. And after that, I'm going to be talking to you for, about our competition. One last chance to enter the competition today. But first, it's job search. LMFM Job Search. With thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport, and entertainment on lmfm.ie. Sarah Thompson and Associates Limited Accountants and Taxation Advisors requires full and part-time bookkeepers in their offices in Kells, County Mead. You can send a CV to Sarah at sarahthompson.ie. Retopa Recruitment Agency requires qualified tradesmen willing to work on projects in the Netherlands. For more information, please visit their website, retopa.com. And an experienced child minder required for two children aged one and two years of age in the minder's own home in the North Drogheda area. No calls, please, if you're interested in this text only to 086 0732 972. And don't forget, all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search Yes, getting back to our competition it's only a matter of weeks where food and music fans fans can look forward to a weekend of fabulous eats and beats at Visit Mourne's newest Giant Adventures Festival It's set against the stunning backdrop of the Mourne Mountains Newcastle and County Down will host the new Eats and Beats Festival on Saturday the 3rd and Sunday 4th of September so there's lots of great food over 60 food and drink outlets on offer Also 40 free performances and fringe events so to celebrate this I've teamed up with Visit Mourne they've given me a fabulous prize of a two night stay at the Sleeve Donard Hotel in Newcastle I've not been it looks incredible I was on the website yesterday it looks amazing bed and breakfast is included plus that's not all vouchers for two for short cross gin from the Radamond Distillery the Whitewater Brewing Company and Neary Nogs Chocolate it is a great prize so kind of in the whole kind of keeping with the eats and beats vibe of this 
I'm asking you to name the iconic drum beat from the fairly popular song that I've selected for today. You need to get the song in to me, the song title and the artist. Now, some people are getting the artist, but not quite the song title. Lots of people are getting it, though. So here it is one last time for you today. It's very easy, I think. 86 658 What is that song title and the artist, please? And we could be picking out your name as a finalist in our competition, all with thanks to Visit More. And you can check out more details on the festival, visitmoreinmountains.co.uk and you can find them on social media at Visit Mourn. There's the weekend, blinding lights on LMFM's 11 to 1. The penny is dropping for some people. Uh, do keep them coming in on this 86 658 We're going to be picking another finalist for a visit more in competition just after these. 11 to 1. There's Niall Horan on the loose. <laughs> oh, there's all sorts of guesses now coming in for the final scramble for this. It is our competition that we're talking about. It's a great prize. Two night stay, sleeve donard hotel in Newcastle County Down, bed and breakfast, plus vouchers for two people for short cross gin from the Radamond Distillery, the Whitewater Brewing Company, and Neary Nog's chocolate. Really, really don't want to give this away. I'd love to keep it for myself, but I have to. Uh, so we're asking you, what was the iconic beat? What was this song? Bit of a head scratcher for some today. A clue at the end. It was, of course, Beyonce Crazy in Love. And I can say that Neve Daly and Dundalk, you are the finalist for today. You're joining Kieran Lidster. He was yesterday's finalist. And we're going to pull out one of the names. Could be either of you on Friday. Don't worry, if you missed out today, we'll have another chance for you to win on tomorrow's show. That is our lot on the show for today, though. Thank you so much for your company, as always. I'm going to leave you with OREM, even. Have a great day. Chat to you tomorrow. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 087 660 4237.